0: This Talking Flutes Extra podcast was pre-recorded before the coronavirus outbreak in the UK and social distancing measures introduced. Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. Just to remind you that these podcasts are only, we're only able to make these thanks to the wonderful support and enthusiasm we receive from the TJ Flute Company. So, show them some flute love. Go and like them on Instagram at TJ Flutes. Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at trevorjamesflutes.com Right, yes, I'm in a very wet and, as yes, you can hear, windy London and I'm on my way to meet a lady that I first met, well, more than 20 years ago. A flute player, an educator, a soloist who plays with many ensembles and who now is the chair of the British Flute Society so I'm off to meet Canadian-born and very much an Anglophile now although she'll tell us that her love is still back home in Canada Lisa Nelson Um, I just got to dodge the traffic and then whoa my umbrella is going everywhere dodge the wind so I'll catch you in a bit You've probably gathered. That was Lisa.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We're, we're, we're in a coffee house in London. Um, we've dodged the, uh, the weather. Now, before, before we start, Lisa, let's talk about the weather.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what weather we've had. It's
1: minus 38 in Edmonton right now. I yeah. think we're okay here.
0: Do you know, I did say, I did say, <laughs> I, I did the introduction that you're Canadian.
1: Yeah.
0: Anglophile now yes you've lived here but your heart is back in canada
1: yeah Yeah. so
0: yeah so it's but yeah it's very cold in canada
1: yeah but here
0: it's been dreadful the rain yes
1: there's standing water everywhere we had to ford some some of the roads around my place oh really to get to yeah get around it's quite flat where you live isn't it no we can look rutland uh, uh, near rutland and the welland valley and so it's quite hilly actually we live right next to a river that's an absolute torrent right now you have a hill we have a hill <laughs> it's not quite the rockies but it's the hill you have a hill <laughs> we have
0: a hill do you know this coffee's quite nice isn't it is it? very nice <laughs> Lisa, hey, we've been trying to get together for, so we've we let's we i think we just we had a chat before i switched to machine on yeah I mean, it's been well over 20 years, hasn't yeah. it?
1: 1993,
0: 94, oh, 27 years.
1: Yeah, yeah long time. Because that was when I was living in Canterbury, just after I'd studied with Trevor for a year. And then I started working at Christchurch College.
0: Ah, and this shy, retiring chap of me came down and did a class, and then yeah. suddenly realized that there was a really good player there.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't feel like a really good player back then. I was still sifting through all Trevor's. And oh, right. still learning, and, and learning
0: my scales, basically. Oh yeah, we love scales though. We? we do, yes, absolutely. It's, it's the foundation of everything. Absolutely, yes. Well, let's not talk about scales up now, let's talk about you. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In my introduction, which I did walking down a very windy Oxford Street, I had you down as a soloist. Yes. A musician who plays with many groups. Yes. An educator, a motivator. A mother? Yeah, a mother, yeah. A husband? A husband? A wife?
1: <laughs> Sorry, a Couldn't wife? It's, it's inter- interchangeable these days,
0: isn't it? Do you know I'm sweating out, it's too much coffee. <laughs> you, t- you, 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 you and, obviously, the chair of the British Flute Society. Yes. Yeah. Where should we start? Oh God. Where should we start? Let's start with you. Where did you, what made you start this flute playing Malarkey?
1: i think it chose me i think actually i saw you wrote that somewhere yeah. and um and i had said that before so it's funny that i saw you had written that somewhere um we had my parents were opera singers and so i wanted to sing i had i didn't even have it in my sights to be an instrumentalist i just wanted to do something with music then um somebody started up a band Patricia Hengel started up a band in my local school I was 13 and a half and uh, my best friend picked flutes so I thought oh I'll pick the flute but then we get to sit together and I just happened to be really good at it and just started practicing a bit not as much as I probably should have but I was good at it and um, musical and but I was in shows I was I was diva I was singer I wanted to sing I just wanted to be on stand and look at me kind of thing (laughs) but inside i was thinking i'm not really quite good enough Uh, so i started studying singing and flute playing and always this underlying thing of not feeling quite good enough yet but i had fun and then i saw things that i really wanted to do like playing piccolo with shostakovich
0: and
1: um, (laughs) that got me into things so um, piccolo piccolo playing was really good but i I wanted to be an actor in a center
0: and tell me about your brothers My brother, yeah. my lovely brother.
1: <laughs> my brother is um, horn player for the Canadian
0: Brass. He is he third is. time
1: running, and he is—he has a, it's almost on a religious scale. It's so good his fearless performing and how to become better at your craft as a performer, whether it's as a musician or a speaker or motivator or teacher anything he just wants you to be the best at it that you can be
0: and he believes that anybody can be
1: absolutely yes
0: there is nothing holding you back apart from yourself yes
1: yeah that's true yeah so a lot of what he what we've gone through together he came to it similar to kind of what I've done just it's the uh, fear of being on stage it's the fear of doing it wrong And. Um,
0: but you were talking yeah, about this many many years ago before I started my studies
1: yeah you really were, you
0: were you just didn't realize you were doing it and when, not known. you know when we were both yeah, teaching on those on the summer schools yeah. and you were doing it yeah. and it was only later when I started studying it and then researching a lot that you that suddenly realized well Lisa was doing that yeah. she was she was focusing on not what you can't do but what you can do yes yeah. and if you can't necessarily do it to your potential then either work yeah. or be happy with what where you can reach yeah. but keep pushing but keep
1: pushing yeah because yeah. there's never um it, it's breaking the boundaries it's it's and being really comfortable with what you're sharing it's sharing what you've got rather than trying to be something you're not which always ends up not working quite the way you think it's going to be because you can't plan what you don't know so when um, my mom gave us, because I've always been interested in the um, in the performance side, um, my mom gave me a book called The Power Power Performance for Singers.
0: Yes, Alma Thomas. Yeah. So it. I. It cost a fortune now to buy it. Does it? Yeah, about fifty oh, it's pounds. It's yeah. still a it. And you, you changed the word singer to flute player. Well. Yeah, flute. Well,
1: musician. Yeah. Just anybody. And I started teaching a course on performance at Christchurch College, so I have a whole course written at home that I've never really uh, done since then. So, and then Jeff started to do it as well as a matter of getting over his stage fright. Black box. Black box. Black box.
0: The black box.
1: Ooh. You know,
0: remember when you, before you go on stage,
1: yeah. if you've yes. got an
0: anxiety, yes,
1: stick it in the black box. You stick it yeah. in the
0: black box, close yes. the lid, yep. and, li- and but you have to put it back in. Very yeah. gestalt, but.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and deal with it. Yeah. You Alma, Alma it. Thomas, God, I didn't know we had both heard that. Yeah, luck.
1: that's just still the best. And I look back and I, th- I think I've internalized pretty much everything in that book because I've read it so many times. It's, it was just the best book. Because it, it sort of addressed how to be. Just how to be on stage and how to do the thing that I love to do.
0: Because let's face it, the most neurotic musicians have to be singers, don't they? Because there's nothing, there's, there's, there's no strings, stage. there's nothing no. to hit. No. It's no. just their voice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and they have to be three people though. They have to be the character. They have to be the, the character running around and singing, and then they have to be themselves, all on stage at the same time. And it's such a big thing, um, and be intelligent as well. Yeah. about it yeah. <laughs> which is i think is one uh, that might be why i didn't kind of pursue it because i'm not quite happy being who i am and just being a flute player but bringing that acting or that side of it to flute playing as well
0: there is a correlation though with flute playing isn't there because yeah. when i remember years ago you were taking a class at this summer school in the north of england and you were telling people that the, what were they? You were asking them what were they playing, and they were playing this piece of music. And you were saying, "Well, it's, a piece of music tells a story. If you just stand there and read the dots, there's no story coming over to the audience. And you were getting them to sort of move a bit, to sort of lean towards the audience, to lean back, to actually draw them in. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I
1: remember that. Yes." yeah it's inclusive you have to include the audience you can't block them out it has nothing to do with because we I used to memorize stuff too we my pianist and I would go on stage with no music um, before Wissam was doing it with um, Alex yep Um, and it was such a freeing thing but it was really scary because a lot of the time you would just think of the notes and and when people were doing it at the class you can see the wall go up and you'd lose your audience so what that class was about was just getting them to connect somehow, um, to make, not not even to make them listen, it's just to take them out of their ordinary humdrum lives and create magic.
0: Because the subtleties of movement, yeah. you can actually, the audience can grab hold of that, can't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't need massive flute playing or bassoon playing, whacking people across the head to <laughs> get them to do it. But you can you can encourage and you can invite and... Yeah, that's improved, and, and that's like opera, that's at stage um, craft, I suppose. It's hard to do that when there's a stand in front of you, but it can be done, um, if you're aware of doing that, so I'm all for that. I'm, 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 more, I'm even more for connection now with people, because I do so much chamber music, not quite as much um, orchestral stuff, although the orchestral stuff has improved, since I've, I've, I just I need a connection with my, my cohorts now. While I'm playing. And what so. do you prefer to play? I have three little groups I love playing with right now.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to talk about one of them in a minute because it was on social media couple, last week, I think it was, and I wanted to be there oh. just to eat the food. <laughs> we'll cover that in a second. Tell me your groups.
1: My groups, um, well, the one we'll talk about in a minute, it's my, uh, is a how long have we been together? 13 years with Ellie Turner, Eleanor Turner, and we're called Akile, a duo, Akile duo. And flute and harp, and she's 20 years younger than me, and we clicked. As soon as we met, we clicked, and she enables me to be so free. And I've made so many mistakes, and I've created so many wonderful musical moments with her. And um, and we just improvise together, even in the written stuff. So it feels like it's always new when we're doing it. So. Um, Another one now we're with is called the Harbour Collective, and out of that we have a trio now with a viola player, Catherine um, Leach, who's a local viola player that I met in London, uh, through her husband Dave LePage. So we work with these guys a lot. And they're local, they live near me. Yeah. It's good to walk to work, it's so good. Because I felt like I was being taken out of my, my playpen when I moved north from London. It was such a horrible wrench when I moved out so and then Harrogate came along and other stuff so and then what was the other my group uh, my trio with flute cello and uh, piano yeah and I love that ensemble it's, it's yummy and it it brings me back to my love of Schubert and Weber and the classics because we we're, we're using that and Mozart and, um, so I've relived I get to relive all that again but we're I'm, I'm convincing them to rancho a little bit more and we're doing more contemporary stuff now Martini, so that's lovely a little bit more no it's not conservative in the least but it's a bit more traditional mm-hmm. i think that-
0: now flute and pilates yeah <laughs> i wasn't interested in the pilates it was more that food oh yeah good great. Yeah. Did you eat before you played?
1: <laughs> no, you couldn't, but it was hell to see that table laid out with the... It's a um, grazing table, and um, she's one of... Uh, Lauren Oxpring's one of my best friends, and we wanted to figure out how we could do something together. And I played for her with, with Julia and my cellist, and um, a pianist that we work with, at a dinner that Lauren had put on. So that gave us one idea to springboard something different to concerts. And then um, my Pilates instructor said, "Well." why don't we do one with the three of us and we'll have a Pilates evening with an hour of Pilates and then you can improvise and I thought well Ellie and I are really really good at that and then Lauren brought the food and
0: that was it, it
1: was really cathartic just watching, trying to, gu- it, although I have to say and I've, if Louise and Lauren are listening to this the, the, my, that was very soporific and I, I, I was listening to, we recorded the whole thing and I thought wow. I could just fall asleep myself right now listening to us improvise. But it was amazing. And this is why you learn scales. Because Ellie would just say, let's do this in blah, with this style. Let's do 7-8 time or 5-8 time in the key of blah. And the only one I didn't quite get was Dorian, but I figured it out after a while. Dorian, I don't remember what Dorian
0: you. So you didn't deviate off? keys, or if you deviate off? We kept,
1: well, she would sort of, because she was using a little harp, and she didn't have a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, variation in uh, chromaticism, sure. she had to pick the key, or she had to stay in a key for a uh, while, I see, yeah. so, and then she just said, "We." Um, she gave me a cheat sheet of how we were going to do it. It's
0: so. just on social media, the focus was on the food, wasn't it? <laughs> you were obviously really hungry. Oh
1: yeah, we were so hungry. <laughs> it was great. But. It was, it was good. It was worth the food afterwards, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, your current role, your new role, outside yes. of your busy day job. Yeah. I'd say you've taken on the Poison Chalice, because anyone that takes on uh, being a chair of a flute society, really, is, that is a Poison Chalice, because the flute is such an old instrument. And there's, there's been, certainly in the British Flute Society scene, there's been various different chairmen, chairpeople, chairwomen, chairs and each have their own way of doing things and it's neither right or wrong. It's the way they do things and it's largely driven by their own preferences yes. as flutists. Why did you take it on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh.
1: um, well, I came on, back on the council. This is my third round on yes, the council. Yes, it is. Yeah. And they asked me to come back and I brought a very dear friend of mine with me this time, Jonathan Rimmer
0: Oh beautiful Yes.
1: and um, i didn't I knew Kate Hill really well, but I didn't know quite a few of the others much, except Carla, of course yeah um, and Malcolm pollock, my my predecessor, called me and and he wasn't very well and and he asked me to be acting chairman until we found somebody, and I said. I think I can do that. I had to think about it because I was getting really, really busy suddenly with some teaching and taking on other roles with the chamber music and needed to do promotional work. And then we were all looking around, and we were, (laughs) it sounds horrible, we were quite desperate actually. We didn't have anybody to lead it. And I thought, okay, I'll do it. Because he said, would you mind being the chair? And, And I said, would I mind being the chair? that's a huge honor thank you very much Mm -hmm. i didn't expect to do that till i retired though maybe um so it's like you say it is a bit it it is a bit of a poison chalice because i'm not finding the time to do the things that i need to do but it's incredibly rewarding to see how people uh, when i'm talking to people see their interest in it again so that's why i took it on
0: the reason i say poison chalice is, in my from from my perspective up until about 10, 15 years ago, the flute, a flute society in any country around the world was the hub of flute playing, yes. so it would drive events. They would have conventions, they would have concerts, and everything was geared towards those events and people would come because that's the only way that flute players could converse. Yes. However, in the last 10, 15 years, social media sort of come in and yes. sort of swept and blown apart the established way of doing things. So the only reason I'm saying it's poison Chalice is because what you're trying to do is drag a flute society that is very traditional, and there's nothing wrong with being traditional, trying to drag a a traditional flute society into the modern day, and that isn't easy.
1: No, no. And there's still expectations from a lot of our members to have these big, big concerts and these big festivals, and we're still getting requests To come and play at our convention which we're not having Um, and we've had to make some pretty tough decisions about how we're going to do things um, differently because people people are doing events around the country they don't need the British Food Society what we're looking for uh, is to have oh I hate this word is a hub Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: umbrella really uh, to where people can go to find out what events are going on and a safe place to find uh, advice or places to go, just to have some like-minded things. The, and there's two sides of it, too. Is It's the new people. And we've got a new website coming up now, which I can now say that we've got a new <laughs> website coming. Um, and we've also got, and people have asked us about keeping Pan Magazine going. And we're going to keep that going, because there's enough people who want a magazine in their hands um, and uh, and the community based around the flute for the whole of the UK as well, because I think now especially we need a community. We just need somewhere to go and talk about flutes, play, not necessarily as big performers. They want to see the, the um, what do you call it? The artists in some places. Mm-hmm. But then we can take local artists as well, yes. and we don't have to spend big bucks to do events anymore. Uh, I want to get smaller. We're doing microcosm things just now, and maybe, probably not in my time, we're just sowing the seeds, but not in my time, Um, probably won't have a festival or or a convention, but we want to make people want to have it again. Yes. Not, but I have no desire to force it on people right now. Uh, There's enough stuff going on, I think. Uh, people want to be included in what's going on. They don't want to be excluded and, and told that they have to go here and they have to go there to be part of the flute community.
0: They want to have their
1: own thing. I just spoke to do you remember Joe Conquest? Oh yes. yeah. She's got 50 flute players at her uh, going to her little uh, yearly thing this year. 50. 20 new Fife players.
0: Wonderful. And
1: a whole bunch of other flute players with soloists playing as well. A couple of stars. When Leicestershire Arts was disbanded eight years ago, it was it was death to us all. It was really hard to pick up again, and this is that's the best news I've. I
0: will say that Leicestershire Arts is one of the preeminent educational authorities in the country.
1: Jenny Brooks and um,
0: Robin Russell, Russell,
1: Russell Perry, Russell
0: Perry, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) just they
0: and this is indicative of funding disappearing from yeah. The governmental funding for music.
1: Yeah. And, and we. Uh, it costs money, and that's my first concern is how much do the things cost. But the events that we've been putting on are. they pay for themselves. Yes. Because people just want it to happen. So they just make it work. And, and it's been good. And we've had places donated to us. We've had cut. Like, we're speaking to the Birmingham Conservatory to see if we can do some events there at some point. Um, other institutions too we're going to be talking about not just to keep them exclusive but like but we want to get to all parts of the country now not just I'm not, I was gonna say not just London we had trouble getting into London though there were um, my first my first time on the council we couldn't figure out a way to have an event in London <laughs> That was in the late it was early two thousand.
0: That's strange. Isn't yeah. It?
1: So I remember putting on a day. Do you remember the 2000? Yes. Yeah. With um, Ian Clark, yep. Dave Heath, with Sam and Philippa Davies. Mm-hmm. And we had the new piece, Erlen Wallen did a piece for us. Yes. And then I quit. I thought, okay, you guys do it. I just I hadn't uh, It was bizarre. If, if people don't get involved, though, and I didn't feel that people were getting involved in it as much as they could have.
0: And that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you don't get involved, then please don't criticize.
1: Yes, yes. And you can't sit back and say, well, you and you and you aren't doing it. Well, shut up, then. Don't tell them. Just, why don't you just come and help out? You can't point fingers. It's just not going to work that way. So we're hoping, and we've been keep we keep calling out people. Please just tell us what you want to do. Get in touch with somebody on the council or a, a rep. There's reps all over the country. I need a Kent rep, though.
0: No, no. no.
1: <laughs> we have nobody in Kent right now. Um,
0: Don't look at me. I've, I've moved <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. suddenly
0: to <three> East Sussex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's sort of my mandate. I think that at the moment that's that's all I need to do. So you're
0: moving the ship gently. Yeah. and sort of trying to split it off into different areas to sort of come round in...
1: They'll come round, yeah, but probably not in my time as chair.
0: It's just sort of, I wouldn't say dragging them into the modern day uh, real world, Mm. but it is showing the flute community that there's other communities outside and just trying to be inclusive of all of those.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. And
0: that they can do, there's
1: so many different things that they could put on. They don't have to do just an exclusive event like a play day but master classes they can ask us we can uh, recommend somebody to call we can be there with support uh, but, but that you see that's the other thing why have the BFS come at all and that's sort of
0: where we're trying to address it it's community you said it, it is. earlier it's that sense of belonging yeah and we all need that as human beings don't we we want to belong
1: yeah
0: yeah The difference between your, you know what it's like when you're a soloist and then when you're sat with a group, and then you're sat in an orchestra. There's different feelings of being yeah. belonging, isn't there? Yeah. And as a soloist, you're an outsider.
1: Yes, yeah. And you just, yeah, very much so. And I, as a, the representative for a, or a clinician for a flute company, when you walk in, it's the same feeling yeah. too. It's, it's quite lonely doing it that way too, uh, I find. And that's why I'm glad for the chamber music. But as soon as you get into the community as a clinician to teach and to, to be in front of all those people, that's when that's great and that's what I like, too. The the other part of the the British Food Society and why I think it's important is the traditions. And all the people that I spoke to and the the trade that I'm going to speak to tonight, um, that's the question I need to ask. And and it came about because of a conversation I had with Emily Meinen in Holland. I was asking her how she keeps it going. Because it's... It's hard right now. And I, and I keep hearing people tell me it's hard and I have enough motivation to keep myself going. And she said, well, we've just said the same thing, she and the person she works with. And every time they get together, they ask themselves the question, why are we doing this? What's, what's the point of keeping it going? And they always end the meeting by answering that question.
0: And I thought, okay, that's
1: where we have to start from then. And we have to keep her asking ourselves, is this worth it then? Do we need to keep it going? So what are we going to do to keep it going? And,
0: um, it's all forward thinking. None of the looking back. It's no. as we said earlier. It's drawing that line in the sand and saying, yep. from this moment, yep. what's, what happened in the past happened in the past. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. And we have to, well, get with the times is sort of an old hat. But it's it's get on the get on the bus because the bus is going to keep going whether you're on it or not. Yeah. You just get on and off it. Uh, So I'm on the bus now, and when I get off in someone else's chair, then, yeah.
0: And how long's your, um, how long do you sit on this chair? I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, Alex said, you finish next year. I said, no, I think it's a bit longer than that. (laughs) 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 It does take up my brain space. It's uh, not in worrying, it's just um, lots of ideas um happening but yeah. i'd like to how
0: do you compartmentalize those how do you break down all these idea bubbles into actuals to put forward
1: i give them to my council and oh, they're amazing i i hope i don't i hope i'm not a control freak in as much that i want to control everything that's going on if there's something that needs to be done then i i'd look for someone to who's <laughs> good at it yeah um i am not good at all the treasurer stuff and and I know what's going on with the charity and I've read it over and over and I keep breathing it over but I know it takes me a long time to retain it until something happens and I put it into practice that's when it works it's a bit like scales really (laughs) Um, and when you have that technique sort of in the back of your mind then you put it into practice that's when it works the best you learn a piece you perform it that's when it works so the charity as as a charity when i start to learn what they need then i know how it goes but there's other people who know more than i do so i i do call on them and ask uh sort of uh, if i've got a problem with something or if someone has a problem and i pass it over a little bit
0: so have you enjoyed it so far yes yeah and you know you're actually looking at me in the eye with a smile and say <laughs> yes it may be a very tight u.s yes.
1: It's, it's hard.
0: It's, yes. It's always going to be hard. It's the British Flute Society. I know, We're the only yeah. country that says the word flautists rather than flutists. I know, yes. You know, we have to be different. You he
1: heard Trevor Wise's thing about that. No, no he go He said on. he was at a concert. It was after a concert and a woman, it wasn't a concert. It was some, some dignitary thing that he was at or a party somewhere and uh, he was being introduced to somebody and a lady, I can't do it in the accent, a lady came up to him and he said, and, and what do you do for, for a living? And he said, well, I'm a, I'm a flautist. See, in Canadian accent, I'm a, f- a flautist. Sorry, Trevor, but I'm a flautist. And the woman said, oh, and what do you do with the flaws? I mean, I said, flaut. okay, from now on, I'm a flute player or a flutist. He says yes. flutist. So I say flute player just to be, yeah, easier for me to say.
0: <laughs> but I can tell you online, you put the word flutist and it uh, yes. causes quite a lot of consternation. South Africa as well, because they call themselves flautists. Yeah,
1: you? oh, do they? They okay. do. Canadian, yeah. And I'm a I'm a flute player.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I just make a noise. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's this, this twig that comes out my yeah. Well, see, I picked up the piccolo rather than the flute to begin with, because I thought it was easier, because I didn't have to play up so high, and I, I could do an octave below and i could still sound really high
0: the evil twig
1: i love play the twig that's my favorite that's my oh, first job horrid first job was opera house in Amsterdam. at what we call lovingly the stopper you know, i didn't
0: know this of you <laughs> yeah.
1: i was a professional piccolo player before i went and studied with trevor
0: i've never heard you play it
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs> i came over here i stopped playing it quite so much i've heard you play i really um i was really good at piccolo Every once in a while, yeah. That's
0: the problem. When you get your gold flute, that's it. You I see, know. You get your know. gold flute. <laughs> <laughs> you get your gold flute and it becomes your baby.
1: Oh, man. I never thought... My dad thought it was really funny that people played gold flutes. Um, and I did a master class with Robert Aiken when I was still at university. And dad stood up. Oh, there was questions at the end of the master class, And my dad stood up. He knew Robert Aiken from Toronto and said, He said, Bob... Why would my daughter have to play a gold flute? And Bob kind of stood there going, um, 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 um. my dad's six foot six. And so he was, he, you know, stood up and <laughs> Bob kind of, yes? <laughs> um, he, and Bob just said, it doesn't matter what they play. It's how you blow down the thing that makes a difference. And, and dad kind of got that. So but, uh, he, he sort of, as if to say, daughter, you're not getting a gold flute.
0: <laughs> but ultimately I remember you saying a long time ago it's what you fall in love with it's between mm. you and your instrument and it's like a human relationship isn't it we, yeah. you know, you fall in love with somebody who may not always be your, who you would think you would fall in love with yeah. and it's like the flute you know, there's yeah. so many different brands yeah. there's so many different names yeah. but one day you come along and you play something and the attraction is immediate
1: absolutely it. Yeah. And I can happily say the other ones that I have played I was in love, I thought I, I loved those flutes. <laughs> and, but this one is it. This is just amazing. But I would never impose that on my students. I, I know you, you wouldn't you no, just absolutely. go and try whatever.
0: But you've you you've always it. been like that though. Absolutely. Whatever, whoever's been sponsoring you yeah. or you've been a clinician of, you've never forced that brand yeah. down people. You've always said try the flute.
1: Never. No. Because no. there's so many different flute shapes face shapes, flute shapes. Um, I loved all my teachers for what I got from them, but there was a time when they would tell me how to play and how to make my mouth shape. There was one in particular. And I was went through hell for a year or two and, with a concerto coming up. And it just sounded horrible um, because I wasn't doing, I was doing what he thought was right mm-hmm. rather than making the sound I had in my head. I was trying to produce what he told me. How to do it. So I had to go back to my old teacher to <laughs> regather myself. Um, and then, bless him, with Trevor, too. I was waiting for something to fall out of the sky and turn me into a great flute player. And I was doing all the exercises and I was sounding horrendous and on my lovely flute. And then my dear friend Jaime oh. Martin came to visit me down in Kent when we were studying. And uh, he stayed over and had a really good long chat, and then he came to the class next day, and I think I was playing Jolivet, Chantelinos, and and he just stopped, and he just put his hand out to everybody, and he said he looked at me in the eyes and said, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I went, and Trevor went, "Oh,
0: <laughs> you're playing Chantelinos."
1: I was sounding like, well, Trevor said I sounded like I was, had wasps in a paper bag. Many called me Miss Poxytone for Ooh. a while. I got it, I got my sound back <laughs> very, very fast. Ooh. So it was good. So, yeah, they both did me a favor.
0: <laughs> so, what's coming up for you, the r- reigns of the year this year? What's because Ooh. you're so busy, aren't you?
1: I'm I'm lovely busy, yes. You're going, um, back, you're
0: going back home? I say, I'm home, going, yeah, Canada. I'm
1: going back to see my mum in Toronto, hopefully in April and mm-hmm. just do a little bit of catch-up and maybe teaching a bit. I hope to teach a little bit, but we'll see. Because um, all the colleges are done then. Sure. But March is really busy. We've got Nielsen Concerto uh, in Wiltshire. I've got uh, trio Achille uh, doing Debussy and Goodbye Delina for Harbour Collective, which is uh, where we are in Market Harbour. Then I'm doing the Sea Interludes, Britain, with an orchestra up in Nottingham at the Royal Theatre, Royal Theatre. And then duo, two duo concerts with Ellie, Uh, just doing Ravi Shankar, Bach, what else? William Alwyn, just a really smattering, and Andy Scott, lovely Andy Scott. He's got a good sonata through. He has got a very good sonata.
0: <laughs> it's very good. It's hard though, isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah, but I can play it though. I couldn't play it. I said I'm going through it thinking, like, oh, I've done my scale. I can do this. <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> right, to all our listeners, you've probably gathered where Lisa comes from. She's a scaloid. <laughs>
1: I am now, yes. Didn't you always be?
0: <laughs> oh no. Lisa, it's been wonderful to finally catch up after all this time. You've been badgering me for years, haven't yes. you?
1: Well, vice versa, yes yeah just on a normal basis this has been so nice <laughs> to do it thank you
0: and uh, let's not leave it another oh, how many years we actually met before christmas for, for afternoon yeah. tea which people don't know but we had no, no, we had a few really friends good. with us yeah, and that, that was a laugh good. wasn't it yeah
1: that was really good so this is
0: a one-on-one which is wonderful
1: yeah appreciate that a lot Thanks. oh
0: where me. can people find you online lisa uh
1: website on uh, my own website yes. www.lisanelson with an e Nelson.com, uh, Facebook, Twitter, British Food Society, Instagram.
0: But you're not Lisa Nelson on Instagram, are you? I'm
1: the Duck. Oh yes, I'm Lava mm-hmm. Duck. L-A-T-H-E-D-U-C-K. D- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a long story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so show some flute love and go and follow uh, Lisa. Lisa, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. You're
1: very welcome. Can you have another you. coffee? I love a coffee, yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening this week and wishing you a wonderful musical few days ahead. And may your low C sharp be especially in tune. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Goodbye.
0: <laughs>